Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 14th, 2021, Transfiguration Sunday. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how is your morning transfiguring? <laughs> it's even better now. There you go. <laughs> You thought I was going to say something like transpiring, but no, I went with transfiguring, um, which I'm not entirely sure now, now that I ask, you know, I've asked the question out loud, I'm not sure what answer it is that I seek from you uh, to that question. I was going to say, is my hair changing color or, well, right? my fingernails are growing. I know that for sure. <laughs> but so, my continence has not taken on a white glow. Uh, uh you know oh the hook the 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 uh the foreshadowing in our conversation for later save it save it save it for the gospel reading yeah, of course yeah, yeah um but uh but yeah so this is this is the end of epiphany uh and as we've joked before uh no other epiphanies shall exist for the rest of the year uh, you're we, the one who jokes that you're not gonna, me. yeah that's true uh, <laughs> it's just so sad you're gonna have to wait until next year into year a uh, uh then epiphanies shall uh, abound once more um but uh but no uh, th- this is uh we are on the the edge the the, the precipice of lent uh um and uh, uh this is this is a uh, our Transfiguration Sunday. What? What? What is? Give. Is there any history about uh, the 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 season of Epiphany into Transfiguration Sunday? Uh, I, I know, like, there's there's a there's a fair amount of history around Easter and Christmas and 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 uh, even even Lent. I feel like there's a there's a fair number of people who know bits and pieces about how that season has has you know come together or changed over time but epiphany is kind of one of those that it's a fairly uh, uh um short season relatively speaking um and uh i don't know i don't know i'm trying to rack my brain as to any of the the, the history behind the the where we encounter the season of epiphany and why so is, is there any historical um tidbits as i catch no. you as a deer in the head none at all none at all <laughs> history no, and the joking. church rarely go together um <laughs> it's it's the ultimate epiphany short of the death and resurrection of jesus mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's why it's considered the best story to end the season of epiphany with okay at, at any any particular reason why i mean the the uh, Epiphany is sandwiched between the birth of of, uh, of Christ and the death of Christ, uh, right next to the season of Lent. So I guess that you know that flows narratively speaking. Uh, you celebrate the birth of the, uh, of this uh, child, and then the season of Epiphany would be the next as they as as uh, uh, Jesus starts uh, their ministry and. Um, people begin to realize who who he is, and then Holy Week is the the, the ultimate culmination of it. But kind of Lent in between, 
I don't know. For me, it takes takes me out of the narrative swing. Uh, well, yeah, and and really, Epiphany does, except for sometimes the, except for sometimes the first week, mm-hmm. Epiphany um, doesn't have a very narrative swing, uh, to use your term. It it really is a series of pretty distinctly different events that each one shows a different dynamic and meaning to the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the idea is we have, like you say, we have the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of God as a human. Mm-hmm. Then we have a little, we have a review course as to what that means in the season of epiphany. And then Lent is the preparation for Holy week. So in Lent we'll have the stories that are, in a sense, taking Jesus towards Jerusalem um, for his arrest and trial, but also the Last Supper, one of the great gifts, and mm-hmm. of course, resurrection on Easter. Um, and so that's that's part of also why we have Transfiguration as the last event of Epiphany, because most of the accounts, perhaps all of them, we'll look in a minute, um, what jesus is learning about is his trial and death from Mm -hmm. the prophets that appear to him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that that sets jesus on the road to his ultimate fate Hmm. yeah okay yeah very good um so before we get into the readings uh i wanted to uh see if you recognize a name of somebody i was i was uh going through the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, and came across uh, someone who I thought was kind of interesting for the purposes of what we are doing this morning. Uh, so uh-huh. that's your that's your clue, that's your hint. Uh, so Caroline Leading Rakestraw. Say that again. Caroline Leading Rakestraw. R a k e s t r a w. Rake straw rake straw i might be wow. butchering her middle name uh uh but she is more she is more of a modern uh figure uh to to further the hint uh, still drawing a blank even with that hint which usually uh, is enough to put my brain in the right direction um she is a uh broadcast media pioneer uh, for the Episcopal Church, which we're not exactly known for, to be fair. Um, uh, the Episcopal Church is not necessarily, like, if you think the Episcopal Church, broadcast media really isn't the first thing that comes to mind as far as <laughs> broadcast media and churches right. really more lend themselves to evangelical uh, televangelism. Uh, or, or if you're like, uh, if you're like our, our house, uh, um, um, the live service of the Pope in the, at like the dead middle of the night for uh, uh, Christmas morning when we come yeah. home from uh, we do from, that too yeah because it, it, just and then with two priests we um, do color commentary on the liturgy <laughs> <laughs> my wife's ordained as well yeah yeah I, I would imagine you would I, I just look at the pretty things. Uh, yeah. and you actually pay attention to the words, which shows you how much uh, smarter you are than I. Um, 
So, but uh, but yeah, we're not really necessarily known for our uh, our media, uh, and and you and I are definitely not known for our media. Um, so, well, we're not known in a positive way. <laughs> we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, but yeah, uh, um, uh, so she's a she's a broadcast media pioneer for the Episcopal Church. She was born in 1912 and died in 1993. She was native to Atlanta, Georgia, and served as executive secretary to the Bishop of Atlanta and produced his radio uh, uh, talk shows. Huh. So in 1954, she founded and became the first executive director of the Episcopal Radio Slash uh, TV Foundation. And she's won awards for her television work and retired in 1980. Uh, um, uh, Stayed, stayed in Atlanta for uh, practically her entire life. Um, but uh, but I thought it was interesting once I started reading it. Uh, I, yeah, I found that it is interesting. interesting. From several several perspectives. One, uh, we have a media, a, a radio and TV foundation. I don't know as if I knew that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, actually, I didn't know they were still around. I was, I, I was just about to click on it and see if it is <laughs> still around. Um, but, uh, but, but furthermore in, for the, um, for the purposes of, uh, of her story in 1954, um, she was a, a executive director, uh, of the, the, the whole foundation and she produced all of these, uh, shows. She was the executive producer of the, of these talk shows, um, which is just another example, I think of. Um, how a little more ahead of our uh, the, the the time the Episcopal Church has been um, in in the fifties that was that would have yeah. been a very uh, unlikely uh, or 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 noteworthy position for a, a woman to hold, which is also uh, terribly depressing to think of how that little time uh how right, not how not, not very long is. ago that was and that still is a a uh um kind of a kind of a surprising and noteworthy uh, uh mm-hmm. aspect of of her story so um but yeah I, I thought that would be uh that would be interesting to to uh to, to point out uh and um i'm running around trying really hard to find this entry which one of these sub uh Episcopal radio which one of these sub uh pages is this on um <laughs> well while you do that i'll just tell a quick story that yes please when um about not, five years after i was ordained it's not, I met it's a, not on here by the way <laughs> okay <laughs> um which is see this bad. term which we did not include yeah um that I, I met a woman named Barbara Flanagan, who was a, a pioneer in uh, radio in California. And she was in her 70s, I believe, at that point, uh, and had a, a weekly radio show where she would interview different spiritual leaders on the issues of the day, so to speak. And mm. it was just absolutely fascinating because she had decades of experience doing this and so had this wealth of knowledge just in her memory banks as well as all sorts of files and things 
Um, but it was always, it's one of these things where, you know, it's, we'd sit down, the red light would go on, we'd start talking, and then she said, well, we need to wrap it up. And I was like, this is, I could keep going like this for hours. Right. <laughs> Almost interviewing her. And she was, but she was very good at redirecting, get me to talk. Gotcha. So Barbara Flanagan, a good name to, you don't have to remember, but those types of women were pioneering in all sorts of areas. Because like I said, she probably had started doing that in the early 60s. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh, just just proving uh, women get it done. Let's, let's, let's call oh, it and that is, is so much the history of the Episcopal Church. Yeah. If When I was on the bishop staff, I one of my roles was to read the histories of the different congregations in the diocese to do be more helpful to them and history after history it was the women of the congregation that kept the place going whenever times were bad going back to the 1800s that mm. was the case um that they would raise the money they would find the priests they would you know, teach the children play the music sing the songs do everything except actually lead the service since that had to be a male but you know everything was laid out for the dude whenever he arrived yeah, I, I was I was gonna make a a, a a joke here about how you can tell that our pod how our podcast is not uh, um, produced by a woman because of how meandering and, <laughs> and uh, uh, no one's hitting me with a ruler not, to get not me really, back on track. Not really on point and and and, and <laughs> not really cohesive. But you know what? Uh, it's it's just as evident that we don't have a producer <laughs> at <Right>. all. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess uh, uh, it's a it's 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 doubly telling. I, I did look up uh, the Episcopal Radio and TV Foundation, uh, and it is now uh, known under its corporate name, Alliance for Christi Christianity, which produces Day One. Oh, okay. So uh, it is still I'm glad in existence still uh, under under a different name, um, uh, which is kind of interesting that uh, it's. Alliance for Christian uh, Christian Media. I'd have to delve down a rabbit hole, but it kind of seems to me as though that's maybe less uh, Episcopal driven at this point than, and maybe a little bit more um, uh, general in nature. I wonder if that's still run by uh, um, the Episcopal Church in any way, or if it's kind of a, co a collaboration between uh, Christian branches. Um, well, certainly, um, you know, especially in the seventies. And, and 80s there was a huge movement towards not reinventing the wheel or not repeating efforts and mm -hmm. so it's quite possible that um, the Episcopalians invited in Lutherans and folks like that mm -hmm. to um, help out so to speak with the efforts and together be, be stronger than they were separately mm -hmm. so um, you know Names had to be changed. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, it looks like they're still based in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, it, it it hasn't uh, maybe the name has changed, and some of the the how it's how it's uh, structured might be uh, different. But it is uh, it's still it's still there where uh, Rakestraw helped found it. Uh, so uh, it's so that's it's, that's uh, a good sign that's still heavily Episcopalian. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'm I'm, I'm searching, just reading the tea leaves. Yeah, yeah, I'm searching down the uh, the, the the list here and and uh, just trying to catch it real quick. But yeah, that, that it sure seems as though that's 
the case. Oh, they they produced a, they, they did an Emmy winning TV version of the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe uh, oh. and Shadowlands. Oh, what? we're gonna have to. Okay, we, then we I definitely yeah I remember showing TV Shadowlands to, to groups. I, I like this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there you go. Um, uh, Carolyn leading, uh, I, and again I might be butchering that that uh, middle part there, uh, but Carolyn Rakestraw uh is our person of the day so um and and the work uh that she put in is still continuing to uh transfigure our media landscape (laughs) 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 see how i did that um all right very nicely done Uh, i I mean arguable uh let's move on to uh the first reading then uh for uh this transfiguration sunday uh this year it is second kings chapter 2 verse 1 through 12 now when the lord was about to take elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind elijah and elisha were on their way to to goodness uh from gilgal elijah said to elisha stay here for the lord has sent me as far as bethel but elisha said as the lord lives and as you yourself live i will not leave you So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets uh, who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to one to the one side and to the other, until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me... As I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued to walk, uh, continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire uh, separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped at his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Um... So this is, this is the account of uh, uh, Elijah uh, being taken in uh, up up into heaven. Uh, the the only uh, documentation of a, as far as I can remember, in the Bible of a of, of a person who does not die. Um, uh, right. And uh, yeah, that that's the trivia answer since Jesus mm-hmm. does die. Most yes. people will say Jesus, but it's actually Elijah. Yes. That's key com- key component uh, key component to the uh, the the tenet of faith that is uh, resurrection. Um, 
Uh, and uh, Elijah and Elisha. First of all, is this is this uh, um, is this just the apprenticeship taking uh, a step too far by practically having the same name, uh, or like what's going on here? Because there's there's, there's lots I, of confusion about who's who sometimes. Wait, I gotta that... admit, I don't remember at the moment. There is a significance, but I don't. I'll just be honest. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> So for everybody listening at home, there's a very important, poignant point <laughs> that will not be shared with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in, as far as this goes, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a very poetic style of repetition, right? This is the rule of three uh, kind of coming out. Uh, he goes... Uh, they're from Gilgal to Bethel, Bethel to uh, uh, Jericho, Jericho to Jordan. Uh, so, so this this kind of repetition happens three times. Um, uh, I, I very much like uh, <laughs> how the the prophets come out and they're like, "Hey, do you know what's going to happen?" And and Elijah's right. like, "Yeah, shut up." Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to talk about it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> did, did you hear what we heard? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, it, are, are these, I'm trying to remember, are these places near each other? This is all supposed yeah. to happen in the same day. Uh, uh, yeah. Bethel, Jericho, and, and the Jordan, they're like a, an easy day's walk. Oh, yeah. Each other? Okay. Well, and though they, uh, let's see, what was it? Gilga. Um, they're at, yeah, this took place long enough ago. There are actually a couple different locations called Gilga. One, it would be quite a hike. The other, it's a reasonable walk. Hmm, okay. So we presume it's the reasonable walk one. Okay. Um, and, and this is kind of like, uh, similar to, uh, another, uh, uh, rule of three story. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is the, uh, uh, um, Peter denying Jesus uh, yeah. three times. Um, uh, only in this case, it's Elisha uh, refusing to leave. Uh, right. Refusing to leave Elijah's side. Um, it's almost the opposite of... Well, yeah, it is. The opposite of Peter's experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And decision. Uh, hey, I mean... And I don't know if that's... It, 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 I'm not entirely sure if Elijah's just like, hey, you, you don't... I don't know if you want to see this or maybe I need to face this alone or something like that. And, and Elisha's like, just... No, I'm I'm here gonna gonna um, support you. I'm here to the to the very bitter end. And then we see have this um, we have this imagery of kind of I'm not entirely sure if they're creating kind of like a prophetic lineage between Moses and Elijah, but uh, obviously um, uh, the imagery here is is uh, uh, mirroring each other. Elijah yeah. uh, takes his mantle, which is a, a, a specific kind of staff if i remember right is that a religious? actually it's a robe oh it's a it's his robe oh okay okay all right totally wrong uh uh but he strikes the water and it parts very much like moses um but the, elisha does kind yeah, of that's re- that's why he had to roll it up okay to do the yeah. task gotcha gotcha it's got to be got to be staff like or otherwise Water doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> well, it might just float away. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, in my mind, I'm imagining like all this, you know, like, oh, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then he, he does that and his robe just floats off. And he goes, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Get me another cloak. <laughs> this one doubly rolled um uh but elisha then has this i i guess in a way in my mind a weird ask um because as as a kind of a subservient role right because which is what elisha is is playing at this point in time kind of in the shadow of elijah grooms to I don't know if replace him is right, but uh, but serve after he is gone. Um, and when asking for it, like, it, I, I would imagine in speaking to a mentor of mine, if like, hey, when you're gone, if I could just be half as humble, would be my ask, right? Half as wise, half as, if I could just be half of the person that you are, uh, you know, I would count myself blessed. That's not Elisha's ask. He's like, I want to be twice as good as you. <laughs> Admit it. This is one of those places where the translation fails us. Okay. Okay. Because like. It's not as bad as that. <laughs> okay. I was sitting here going like, uh, like, dude, he's not even gone yet. And you're like, I'm going to be 100% better than you were. I'm just saying. And like doing the little fingers from the eyes to. Like I'm watching you, that 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 kind of move. I'm gonna be yeah. twice as good as you. You watch. <laughs> well, okay. What Elijah has asked for is a is the share of the inheritance that the firstborn son would receive in tradition at that point. So it, it's not twice what elijah had it's instead as his various gifts are distributed that he get two portions of that two pieces of the pie Mm. rather than just one piece that everyone else will receive i gotcha okay okay um which okay so it, it just basically means like let this let this be more meaningful for me than to everybody else is that well he wants to be able to to carry on elijah's ministry Mm -hmm. and so he's not asking you know give me everything instead he's asking but you know i i this is going to be so hard i really am going to need more than the minimal amount or more than the average amount that's a better way but more than the average amount i'll need double the average amount Gotcha. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of figuring this out then. Okay. So uh, his inheritance is split like so many different ways. So he already is uh, uh, taking into account when he makes this statement, like I'm only getting a fraction of your spirit. Can I at least get double that small fraction uh, so that I can be just, a, just a, a, a little, uh, uh, a little bit better of a representative of, of what you have yeah. done here and who you I mean, are. It's my okay. only chance at even beginning to carry on your work. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well then, yeah, that's not as bad as I, yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> I want your spirit times two. Yeah. <laughs> Take that Elijah <laughs> in your face. Um, uh, and so, uh, but 
and then the response is a little bit odd too rather than like uh rather than like a uh you, you know because of your faith it'll be so or uh, um uh, you know even even maybe a scolding statement of like no you're not ready or you know this is this is something that's outside of my hands it's like well when i go up to heaven if you see me it then yes and if you don't then no uh, is that just because the act of seeing God's greatness will fill him with that spirit? Is that kind of the, the concept? It's a little deeper than that. It's okay. Elijah saying, this is not up for up to me to give. It's up to God to mm. give. And therefore, if you see these events, that means God's giving it to you. If you don't, it means for whatever reason, God didn't think that's what you needed. Mm. Mm. okay so it's uh, uh, i don't want to sound flip it's elijah being elijah where even to the end he knows god's more important than he is even as he has elisha fawning all over him Mm -hmm. his ego is not swelling up and saying well certainly my son and said (laughs) it's up to god as always as it always will be it's up to god and so in some ways, it's his final lesson to Elijah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything, what, what else about this, uh, this reading? This is, this is, I don't know how often we actually get into this. This is one of the things that if you were to uh, write down trivia pieces that you know about Elijah, I think this would be the thing, right? This would be right. the, the, the thing that you you would know or you could know and then anything else you would have to rack your brain for um and yet we don't read <laughs> this story uh often at all um so the one thing elijah's known for we barely ever t- we barely ever uh, uh actually cover in lectionary readings so um what about what about this uh story anything else hidden by the translations or what's up a a couple other things one is that because this is the the one human who never dies in the bible Mm -hmm. it's it long before jesus um came along already elijah was associated with god's coming to earth um Mm. I mean, it's, I, I don't remember the Hebrew Timor for it at the moment, but it's different from art, from Christian concepts of the end of the world or um, Revelation, book of Revelation type stuff. But there was a belief, there was an, and is a belief that when God comes to the world in the ways that Isaiah talked about, that Elijah will be the um, prophet who proclaims it because he never died so he can come back and do that task that's why in the new testament and this is where it becomes more relevant probably for christians in the new testament first john the baptist is what people wonder if john the baptist is elijah and then you know a few verses later depending on the gospel people wonder if jesus is elijah that right yeah so there this is why um, we have those pieces in the new testament um and the other thing is the we have 
you know, from because of hymns and poetry and things like that, um, the whole thing, the whole image of um, I'm just trying. I want to make sure what verse it's in. Um, yeah, there it is. Verse eleven in chapter two, the chariot of fire and horses of fire. Um, that we too often, particularly since the Victorian age, have taken this literally. I mean, that's that's basically when the age of biblical literalism really started to take off. But this really is supposed to be symbolic. Mm. That you, you can't, you know, no, no human can describe the glories of heaven. And Elisha is getting this glimpse of it. And mm. so this is the best that Elisha can do. Um, and so we're not, you know, if we look at the Hebrew, we're not supposed to see this as, oh, okay, the express way to get into heaven is a chariot of fire. You know, right. That, that, no, it's just an image. And one of the reasons, though, that image was chosen was to show, was to contrast that with a physical chariot, which at at this time was the ultimate war machine. Hmm. So the, the ultimate sign of political power. And so the image that Elisha uses to describe what he saw is to remind us that no matter what the local rulers say about them being gods and all that, the one true God is something beyond that by an infinite amount. Interesting. And, 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 and I suppose there's also the parallel uh, to uh, the Moses imagery that, that occurs just a couple of uh, verses before. They had just uh, um, documented a striking of the water and the parting. Uh, and then uh, it doesn't say they're still in the middle of the, the parted water when this happens, but um, one could see the imagery of chariots uh just like the egyptians uh, uh right. would have ch were chasing moses uh through through that parted water uh um uh again maybe uh striking that imagery of of the superiority of god's uh, uh chariots as opposed to uh, the egyptians from ages ago right um, uh, so which i didn't think about until just now um very very interesting uh yeah it's and that's that's an interesting point that you had made about uh with elijah having never passed yeah there's all those uh there's that question of that jesus asked his disciples of like who do people say i am and oh, some mm -hmm. say elijah some say another prophet some say the messiah uh and okay all right but who do you say i am uh, and um it is it is interesting that the that 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 would have been a very uh, prominent thought in in Jewish culture of like well you know there's you never yeah. never did die could come back uh, so yeah uh, which is the reason why if I'm not mistaken uh, at uh, Passover there is a uh, there is still a plate made for Elijah yeah there in is case, still in case he in, visits yep uh, so. Uh, uh, um, one of these days. <laughs> mm-hmm.
Uh, yeah, which you'll know when the, when the fireball uh, uh, comes back through your living room. And then there's. <laughs> it was a metaphor. It was a metaphor. <laughs> you right, won't hear right. horses' hoofs in a chariot. Or you might. I mean, who are you, who are you Bruce Gray, to say that's not how <laughs> God's going to do it? You don't know. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Uh, so, uh, but yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on then to the Second Corinthians reading. Second uh, yeah. Corinthians chapter four, verse three through six. Uh, uh, this is the kind of reading that uh, uh, reading volunteers are happy to do because hey, four verses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So let's see if I can mess it up less than I messed messed up the first reading. Um, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled uh, to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I messed it up just about as much as I did the first one. So it didn't matter. <laughs> um, so this is uh, th- this is Paul's second uh, letter to the Corinthians, which is that's the one that's like the amalgamation of writings. Correct. That's the right. One that's, OK. Um, yeah. He, we, Paul wrote. Paul started the congregation in Corinth and wrote them numerous times. Um, we have them preserved in the Bible as First and Second Corinthians. Some scholars think that between these two, they're actually four separate letters, and some will say more, some will say less. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a Second Corinthians in particular is a little choppy, um, be, and so that's in some ways what made all sorts of readers step back and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? And it's, oh, well, maybe it's more than one letter. Mm-hmm. Right, which makes some sense. Um, what about this opening phrase that we use for this for this reading? Uh, it's, it's the third verse of the chapter, but it is, it's, it's where we choose to start. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Um, so veiled meaning obscured, kind of hidden, uh, true, the true nature not necessarily known. Um, what? Who? Who is? Who is Paul talking about at this point in time? Because we're all dying, right? At, at, at just at different rates, I suppose. Uh, so, that, is that what he means, uh, or what? What is he talking about? Well, it, Paul has a theology that even. It's hard to explain because it, it's Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't even, now you're speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a notorious Paul Basher. Uh, love the guy. Well, I, the guy. no, I, I, I think he, I, I think he's a mystic, and we don't. And because literalists have claimed him mm. uh, in modern times, it's hard. It, it really takes a racking of our brain to switch to a mystical interpretation. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so the, to get into a Greek mindset, which Corinth is Greek. Uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, Corinth, yeah, Corinth is in Greece. Um, they had a very firm and centuries-old mindset that anything you looked at, anything you could physically see, had a spirit component. Hmm. Which, well, I won't go into all the things about what that meant. But consequently, the audience in Corinth was was used to having a binary view of the world for anything in the world, including the gospel. Hmm. So okay. for for them, it was quite easy to see or to, to grasp that you could read the words or hear the words of the story of Jesus, but that wasn't the true meaning. The words themselves would not explain it. You had to get into the spiritual ideal of what those words were trying to communicate. And if you're not open to that, the true meaning will be veiled. Okay. So that was a long way around the barn to say that people don't always get it because they choose not to. Mm. And the problem is that... Christians like Calvin have said this is part of predestination that God chooses who gets to understand it or not. But Paul's talking about people deciding whether or not they're going to be open to that spiritual meaning of what these words are trying to convey the ultimate Hmm. truth of them. So, so essentially uh, Paul, Paul is kind of like the, the, um, we, and we still have these two mindset, competing mindsets uh, today. Uh, yeah. The idea that uh, uh, if something happens, it's because God uh, wanted it to happen this way. And the mindset of if something happens, it's because we have made choices that lead to it. Um, right. That it's not that it's not a, pre, a matter of predestination, that it's a. And it's a, a, a matter of us uh, flexing our own free will that causes that creates cause and effect. Um, so Paul was on the kind of more on the side of of uh, um, at least in this instance, you know, hey, if you don't if you don't get it, then that's because it's not really. Although he even says it there in verse four. Uh, in, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Uh, to keep them seeing the light of the of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So, um, but at least in my translation, I have in front of me, um, God is not capitalized there. Oh, that's true. Okay, so it's not that's the a good, good point. One. <laughs> gotcha. It's it's the God uh, that we ourselves have have put up. Yeah, uh, you know, in uh, other places, he'll talk one. about the God of the belly. Um, Interesting. So yeah, it's not. And again, we t- you know, for people who take this literally, they, they probably would make that um, a capital G, or at least be tempted to, and because that way it does give God control over who gets who gets what spiritual goodies. Whereas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul's trying to stress, no, it's the choices you make. It's whether you open yourselves to the spiritual truth that Jesus was trying to tell us. Again, using the um, Greek philosophy construct of the world um, that that determines whether or not you're perishing or not and whether or not you see 
this truth that's behind the words. And again, it's not a way that modern Western thinkers think. And so it, it's it's hard to step into that mindset to to experience these words as Paul meant them to be experienced. Uh, mm. But it's worth a try. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth a try. Um, praise God. I was trying to, there was something about that last verse. Um Maybe it's just the wordiness of, uh, of of Paul that causes me to pause on on how this uh, how this reading ends. Okay, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There was just a lot of a lot going on there in that sentence. Um, anything else then about this uh, the second reading? Because this is this is, uh, this is so this is Paul basically. Uh, uh, saying similarly i guess as as elijah was saying the focus isn't on us uh uh mm-hmm. there in right. verse five for we do not proclaim ourselves uh, uh the, the focus is 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 god and 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 jesus christ and the the that message is there for uh anyone to hear who has ears to let them hear um Anything else about this one? One brief thing um, in that last verse, verse 6, um, in our translation it says, For it is the God who said, let light shine out of the darkness. And that's in quotes mm-hmm. yes. in the, oh, our translation, yes. which is, I believe, what Paul intended. No one knows where that quote's from. Okay. That it's one of these places where either Paul is misquoting something, or has a document that he presumes everyone is familiar with that we do not have access to. Hmm. Well, that, the imagery is is not unfamiliar, uh, right? I mean, uh, um, there are many instances in the Old Testament of um, of a light shining in the darkness. Whether they, 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 an individual prophet is talking about. Uh, their god or right. the people of israel or um a, a chariot or a, a vision that looks like a chariot of fire yeah right 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 so uh, as far as like the imagery uh that tracks i i i would say oh yeah yeah, yeah okay. it's not a so, heretical image sure sure but it but, is uh, but, one of these places that occurs relatively often paul where he quotes something and a Christian reader will say, well, it's got to be in the Old Testament somewhere, but I'm not going to bother finding it. No, it's not there. It, it was somewhere else. And, mm. you know, Paul was a learned, well-read person. And so, um, you know, he literally had access to books we've never seen or scrolls that we've never seen. And so presumably this comes from from one of those scrolls or maybe from a hymn that people were singing at the time that was popular that's now lost to history. We don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I I do. Uh, I, I might have lost you briefly as a Bluetooth connected to something. Is that what happened? Nope. My thing pulled out. My connector pulled out. But the <laughs> hey, mic- microphone was still, still recording, live. so we'll just pretend that live. didn't we're happen. We're still going. Uh, yeah. This is going in. This is. Hey, look. This is how the sausage is made. We're, <laughs> we're again, as I said at the mm, at the, the front end. <laughs> As I as I said early on in the podcast, if we were better, we w- we would be better if we had a producer, but we don't. Yeah. So, but you you're see, stuck because I talked my hands, it is possible for me to 
unplug my connection with Ben, which is a remote <laughs> connection, and not unplug the connection to our recording software. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so we keep, we continue on. So let's, uh, uh, in, in the spirit of continuing on, uh, Mark chapter nine, verse two through nine. Uh, and I did catch everything you said. It just, I was, it was way distant. <laughs> All of a sudden I was like, <laughs> wait, listen real carefully. Um, that's how the teacher makes the students listen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm sure, you know, that's a, that is, that is a tried and true method right there to start talking softer um or do so late for the, night radio <laughs> late night radio that's right welcome to the lectionary reading um mark chapter 9 verse 2 a fun story uh, alluded to earlier on in the podcast six days later jesus took with him peter and james and john and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves and he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Um, this is... So, there's a lot going on in this story. Um, yeah. Uh, so out of his disciples, the apostles, he pulls Peter and James and John uh, with him. And when they're up on a high mountain, uh, I'm assuming just outside of the the uh, the city is, is where we are here in the story. They're, they're still in the region of Galilee. Right. Okay. So there's no city. Um, so he's transfigured before him. First of all, uh, this translation of the word bleach, is that really uh, uh, fully accurate? Uh, was that something that they had at the time? Uh, a, um, uh, is, is ble was bleaching a thing? Uh, I'm trying to have you okay. ask, ask me to brush actually, up on your I bleach history. <laughs> the Greek is better. I'm glad you asked that because I had not looked at it. In the Greek, the literal translation is, the garments of him became shining white, exceedingly such as a launderer on the earth is not able to thus whiten. Hmm. And it's interesting because usually in particularly the, the New Revised Standard and the Revised Standard before that translation, they try to do pretty close to a word-for-word -word translation. But rather hmm. than have this long image of a launderer not being able to make a garment that white. They just say bleached. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, because obviously, you know, dyeing uh, was a thing, uh, using dyes to, right. to color uh, garments. Um, so one would expect that there was probably some process of making uh, wool uh, brighter, um, uh, a, a dye effect of some sort, some sort. Uh, but yeah, as far as 
bleaching something. I wasn't entirely sure if that was a, a yeah, that's a good question. I had at the time. Um, so, and 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 as the uh, the the disciples are great for uh, Peter says something dumb. Uh, this is this is like my favorite recurring theme of the disciples or <laughs> dumb statements by us humans uh, because we have no idea we have no way of coping of what's with what's going on in the story <laughs> um, uh, uh, and you can kind of even like see it with what he says uh, the first part of what he says sounds dumb if you just read it <laughs> rabbi it is good for us to be here <laughs> like <laughs> okay peter calm down i'm just talking to elijah and moses yeah <laughs> like you just imagining like this nervous like yes yes i am also a part of this <laughs> <laughs> and it is good that to to see you elijah many 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 moons have passed how how are you <laughs> you know like just you can kind of read a lot of nervousness into what he's he's saying um but then like uh uh let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. This is basically Peter saying like, let's just, let's just never, let's never leave. Let's stay here forever. Uh, let's, uh, let's always be able to come back and, mm -hmm. and, uh, to this moment. And, uh, also Moses, Elijah, you must be tired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, uh, foisting on them human attributes that c clearly would no longer apply. So like, this is just, it seems to me like this is Peter's brain racing and his, you know, <laughs> verbal diarrhea that comes uh, with it. Just like it, there has to be somewhere in there. Uh, Jesus, like turning to him and like, Peter, be cool. Shut up. Just stop. <laughs> You're just embarrassing stop me. talking. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but uh, so, so this is kind of like the, the visual imagery, though, of passing the torch. And there's, there's a, couple of, uh, a, a couple of ties that at least I see. Um, one being with our first reading, uh, Elijah, uh, the, the reading about Elijah, um, has some Moses imagery involved. And now Elijah and Moses are actual physical imagery in the gospel reading. So it's kind of like the passing of the torch uh, uh, profit wise is kind of, uh, uh, what it kind of does in my mind, but also, um, the cloud that overshadows them, um, kind of has a little bit of a, a, the, the baptism vibe, right. For, for Jesus, yeah. the, 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 the words coming from on high and, and kind of verbally anointing his son. Um, so, but, but what else is, is, is going on here? Number one, why Peter, James, and John are, are, are even there. This seems like the kind of moment where um, if Jesus knew what were, was going to take place, uh, this might be one of those withdrawals, those, those retreat moments that he has every once in a while in gospel readings where he goes off by himself. Good point. To pray or, you know, so... Why bring the humans that then just say dumb things and, and embarrass themselves in front of their greatest prophets? <laughs> so that we can join them in the modern age. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Do, I, is there indication that this is just like a narrative kind of a, a effect, or is this is this uh, an indication that like uh, maybe Jesus wanted witnesses? Yeah, I yeah, I think Jesus wanted witnesses so that both okay, Peter, James, and John would each have major roles in the formation of Christianity after Jesus's resurrection and ascension. So this is them getting a sort of a, a double portion in the Elijah's sense of mm -hmm. Jesus's spirit that they could always, you know, when they were sitting in prisons, when they were um, having no luck at all, getting anyone to listen to them as they were preaching, whatever it might be, they could think back to this moment and think, mm. okay, no, we're, we're, we're not as foolish as people are calling us. We really did mm. see something. Um, and we heard the voice of God from the cloud. Um, not, it's not just our interpretation. Um, right. So I think that that's the big reason there as to why they were invited along, but also they, in theory, <laughs> purposely say in theory could be more equipped to support jesus in his very difficult days of mm. being arrested tortured and crucified hmm. yeah it, uh, as as you read through this story I, I think the realization is all of this is for is being done for peter james and john there's not an indication that jesus needed to commune with Elijah and Moses or with uh, God, the father. Um, he leads them up to the, to, he separates them from the disciples and leads them to the high mountain. <clears throat> uh, he does talk with Elijah and Moses, but the situationally, it makes no sense for then the cloud to come uh, and say these words. I mean, the, the God's voice here doesn't have meaning for Elijah or for Moses or for Jesus. Right. There's no, you know, those, those words aren't meant for them. Uh, uh, if they were, it'd be really strange. Elijah, this is my son. Listen to him. And like, Elijah's like, I'm not really here. <laughs> like, this isn't really something. It's the same with Moses. Like I'm, I'm dead, dude. Like there's not, I'll listen to it. Sure. But you know, kind of a strange thing to tell me. Um, and then the way that it ends, uh, as they're coming down the mountain, he does some. Jesus does something that uh, further uh, kind of shows that that was the whole point was to get James, uh, John, and Peter to see this and to experience this because he tells them, "Don't tell anybody about it until after I've died and, and, and risen again." Right. Uh, one would assume because in part it's going to make you seem like a crazy person and no one's going to believe you so you got to kind of wait until certain things take place so that it, other people can actually process what you say and it will make sense but also um uh kind of indicating like this something this kind of thing has to happen so don't try to stop it right um and, and so to your point yeah this is the kind of putting Peter, James, and John in Jesus's corner of like some difficult things are ahead. And I need God saying, I need you to listen to uh, your rabbi here and 
do as he as he tells you to do because he needs he needs a um, you need a, a couple of things to go right in the crucifixion story. Um, right, you need a, a couple of things to naturally play out, and that requires Peter, James, and John to keep quiet. Yeah. Um, so much like the first reading. Uh, well, yeah, uh, they can be like, "Yes, I know." Keep silent. <laughs> yeah, and you know something to think about is if let's well let's just say Peter instead of denying Jesus rushed into the court of the Sadducees or and said I heard God's voice say this is God's beloved that Jesus is God's beloved son would be okay he'll be on cross number four and early Christianity would have lost one of its key leaders yeah so yeah there's not scholars because of I think their perspective have often seen what's sometimes called the apostolic apostolic secret the mm -hmm. don't tell anyone until after I'm resurrected as simply an interpretation need that Peter, James, and John will have no idea what this means till after the resurrection. But I think it also was to preserve their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you don't, say, they, don't... Things, you know, things were going to work better if these three people were alive to witness to what had been happening all along. Right. And it won't do the mission any good if they get crucified right next to them. Right. Um, so in in in, a, in another way, in a nar another narrative way from the lectionary reading, uh, they're on a different path than Elisha. Right. Uh, 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 the 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 path of Elisha uh, like follows him to the end, and uh, um, actually there's similarities and and, and differences, I suppose, uh, uh, that you can kind of draw from that story. They they um, that uh, they they go with him to the end, but. Uh, the the end result uh they they have a different task ahead of them right um and simon peter uh nearly fails uh to uh play his role uh a, a couple of times i mean he's the one who you know uh help, tries to resist uh jesus's arrest yeah <laughs> just not not very long from this story um so he almost messes up his 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 job <clears throat> um to, to to help Jesus through through that time, uh, which I guess uh, again uh, we're we're supposed to see ourselves in right. uh, the disciples, and and uh, we ourselves will also, could also make that kind of a mistake of not doing what, not allowing to happen well, what needs to happen. We're but, humans, so we do. But yeah, if we let Jesus step in, it'll be it'll be straightened out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, anything more about the story? Because we get this story every year, um, from different accounts, uh, sometimes, but, uh, but pretty much every year we get this story for Transfiguration Sunday. So, um, well, anything? One little piece. Um, it, okay. We presume <clears throat> Mark's the oldest gospel mm -hmm. and this account occurs in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And... Okay. Matthew and Luke are longer, so they've, we presume, have added details to it. And what Mark points out, the motivation for offering to build the, the structures was that they were full of fear. Mm. And one of the themes through the Exodus story 
and the early days of Judaism in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew scriptures, is if you touch the tabernacle, you die. The, hmm. the tabernacle, the, the ark that's carrying the Ten Commandments. And so it could be that Peter was trying to save James and John and himself from dying by oh. making, you know, in a sense, making the lead booth, the lead container for this radioactive spirituality that was right in front of them. Trying to trying to contain it in the glass case so yeah. that no one could touch it. Yeah, oh. and no, yeah, so that no one would be injured. So is, an, yeah, I I've I I myself have preached sermons usually on based on the Matthew or Luke stories that uh, Peter was trying to contain the spirit instead of letting it flow free. Um, but I think some of it was also to try to keep everyone safe. Hmm. Um, that when you encounter the one true God, whether it's in a something that looks like a flaming chariot or Matthew, uh, Moses and Elijah suddenly standing in front of you, it's scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I to be to to be very clear, I would expect I would be no better. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, None of us dumb probably of would be. Things that I usually say, I I shudder to think what my response <laughs> would be. That would then be, you know, uh, etched into history right. <laughs> and passed down through generations. I would be such a fool in in the gospel readings. And uh, ben and Bruce I'm, offered to make lattes for I'm, everyone. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Uh, uh, which, which, uh, anybody who listens to this podcast could probably imagine, uh, all the stupid things that I might say. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you hear uh, the one about <laughs> thanks be to Peter for going boldly and for, for all of us. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, well with that, I think we'll, we'll, we'll close out, uh, our, our podcast for, Transfiguration Sunday, February 14th, 2021. Uh, and uh, next week will be the season of Lent. Uh, we thank everybody for, for joining us. We've got a lot of things going on for the season of Lent. Uh, um, some some uh, kind of like online group walks uh, through Lent uh, is, is kind of a program. <laughs> That's conflating things a bit. <laughs> okay, yes. The walks, uh, the walks are in person appropriately yes. masked and distanced and there are online and, zoom activities yes. as well <laughs> at a I different have, time <laughs> there was there was a break in there that i didn't i didn't yeah. uh, perform quite right uh, but, yeah there's a lot of yeah uh <laughs> it's it was a list of two things that i did poorly um but yeah there's a, there's a, a booth. lot uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a lot of things going on uh, in, in the Lenten season, so please check out our website, hfec.org, to see in, in our bulletin uh, every week. We'll, we'll kind of uh, have a lot uh, to yeah. say about what's going on that week, so please uh, please uh, check it out to, to see what, uh, what what your Lenten options are. And, and a couple of – I think we have some some Lenten uh, suggestions, too, on the website. Yeah, Is that, yeah. Am I, am I all, all sorts of resources. Cool. 
Good, 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 good. Uh, so I wasn't wrong uh, on that one. Right. Um, <laughs> Correct. But uh, but yeah, and and then of course uh, 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 Sunday morning worship uh, uh, is uh, on our uh, YouTube channel HFEC videos. It gets released Saturday afternoon. If you're the Saturday uh, evening worship type, uh, it's it is there for you. Uh, we also have our Facebook watch party at nine a.m. on Sunday. Uh, so please join us uh, for for that, or uh, jo- uh, in- enjoy uh, at your at your discretion. So, um, which my wife laughed at me for using <laughs> the word discretion. I guess uh, maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't play well to this statement. <laughs> um, see, I, I say stupid things. Might be now. a better term. Yes, convenience, <laughs> convenience. I told you I'd say stupid things, uh, and I. Why? Why wait? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I'm picturing that, Moses doing a head slap on your behalf. <laughs> the doe emote. Uh, yes. Um, uh, in fact, I'm sure several people probably did. Uh, but uh, but yeah. It, um, um, and until until Lent next week, uh, I am Ben, and I am Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Happy Transfiguration. Bye. Bye. Bye.